Hello and welcome back to the On Mission podcast. If you were with us last week, we talked to Pastor Rick and his wife, Michelle. This week, our guests are going to be Jeff and Pam Smith. Jeff and Pam, how are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing great, Kenny. We are doing well. Thank you. Rick, uh, I don't know what kind of feedback you got on your end for or some of the comments you got, but one of the things that was pointed out to me is that I have raccoon eyes when I'm on the screen. And <laughs> I, have, so I was explaining to people is uh, I spend most of my days in class on the back porch or running. And so I usually have these on. And so this is the exact shape of the raccoon eyes that you're yeah. seeing. And that's, that's why I look funny. My daughter offered to do uh, the makeup for me, but I, I declined the offer of the makeup. So we'll just have to, to push forward on that. Yeah. Rick, we talked to you last week, and what, you're, you are the lead pastor, but you're also the lead elder, and we're about mm. to embark on a number of podcasts talking to our other elders. So could you explain to me the concept of elders and why we have elders and why we have multiple elders in the church? Absolutely. So anytime you look at the New Testament, especially the book of Acts, as you see the, the church being birthed, um, you see over and over this word elders um, and overseers and pastors. And in fact, everywhere that Paul went um, in Asia and Asia Minor, um, he went about as he began to preach, he usually started out in the synagogue, went into the marketplace as people came to faith. And some had already come to faith before he got there, came to faith in Christ. He began to build them up and disciple them. And as those, the, the leaders began to kind of, if you will, filter to the top, he, he would gather them together see that they fit the requirements of an elder, and then he would basically give the, the authority over to the elders and appoint elders, usually after prayer and fasting. And then he would basically empower the elders to begin to run and lead that church in that certain context and locality, wherever that was. So you see that word over and over in the New Testament. And really, that's the biblical way of leading, that um, our churches will be led by elders, pastors, overseers, and then the church itself will be congregationally ruled in a sense that, you know, there's major big things the church would usually have a voice in. But then just the day in, day out of running and leading a church is done by elders. That's what you see in the New Testament. Well, it's because of the answers like that. Rick's going to be the, the co-host of this podcast. So when I have to defer on a, on a seminary trained type uh, question and answer, I'm going to defer to my co-host, co-host Rick. And then over the course of the next few weeks, we'll introduce you to some of the other elders. We're going to be filming in a couple of days with Matt and Jess Johnson, and then next week with Jono and Ruthie Mara. But we're starting today with two of my oldest friends. And I want to clarify when I say oldest friends, I'm not talking about their age. When I moved to Fredericksburg, Virginia in 2003, I joined Jeff and Pam Smith's, I don't know, we called it small group. I'm not sure what the term was at the time, but I joined their group. And so essentially... They were my, two of mine and Lindsay's first friends in Fredericksburg. And you, you've been doing that for a long time. I'm not sure if you started before 2003, Jack. You can tell us about that. And now you've been a, a leader of community group, connect group, Sunday school, whatever you want to call it, for quite some time. Is that something you, you were doing prior to that? And, and, and what's kept you involved in it for so long? Sure. So we led a, a small, smaller part of a Sunday school class when we lived up in northern Virginia, up in Centerville. And the church we were part of there, the classes were much larger, 40, 50 people. And so we led a smaller group inside of that. And we would host events at our house or do a book study, that type of thing. And so it was, it was a little more informal. Uh, but that's kind of where we first got started with, with leading a small group. So when we came down to, to Fredericksburg and got plugged in at Spotswood, 
very good friends of ours now and, and at the time were kind of just reaching out to us. Tim Shaw uh, used to be a Prince William County police officer and now he's a pastor. Uh, he really set the example for us of what being a small group leader is. And at the time when we were invited to their class, Pam was serving in the nursery. Tim was serving in the nursery. And after, after everything was over, Pam said, hey, you know, we got an invite to go to this class. So we came, became a part of it, loved it, uh, served with them, became great friends with them. Tim always set the bar um, very high with the importance of developing and fostering community in a group, uh, helping people to feel welcome. It wasn't a click, but it was a matter of just everybody, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ and making people feel comfortable. Uh, after being in their class for, for a year or two, I think it was probably two or three years actually, he asked if, if we would be willing to lead a group and step out and start a new group. Uh, and so that, that required a little bit of, of adjustment because we had to give up what we were comfortable with. And um, that, that took a little bit of, a, of, of getting used to, leaving our friends, leaving Tim and Linda, others that were in the class. Um, but it was great to be able to do that because it, it helped open up a lot more opportunities for other people to join class. And so we had that class for a few years. I think that's when you, Kenny, and, and Lindsay became a part of us. And uh, we led that for a little while. And then we sent out a group from, from us. And Kenny, you were part of that. We don't take offense. It doesn't hurt our feelings that you left. I'm just going to uh, adjust myself in my seat because, you know, I know that's a painful memory for you guys. <laughs> just, just really crush this. And now you're coming back. Um, no. <laughs> but it was, a, it, was a, it was a great opportunity uh, to be a part of that. And so we led a group. Uh, I don't know how many years it was total. We did take a little bit of a break in there. Uh, I, I felt like maybe I was kind of done leading small group. That it was something I was supposed to go try something else, do something different. Uh, and I was part of some other ministries for a little while. But funny enough, after spending a weekend with Tim and Linda, uh, Tim kind of helped talk me through some things. And I spent a lot of time praying, coming back from, from their house. And I felt led that I was supposed to be leading community groups again. Uh, so it was, that was definitely in 2011 when I came back. And uh, we started another group then, and we just built it. And, and we had a few couples, I think, leave out of that with other groups. And then we came down to Ladysmith and uh, had a, about a year or so before I actually started a group down there. But it's something that, that we've always enjoyed. It's something that we've enjoyed doing together. And I think that's uh, it's been a real blessing to be able to do that these years. I think it every time that we reached out and started a new group, it was it was really good for us because it taught us a lot about being willing to maybe let go of things that we were comfortable with and really loved if that's what God wanted us to do. And so he taught us a lot in those experiences. And I also am really passionate about couples serving together. Uh, and so Jeff and I felt very strongly that having a ministry that we were both serving together in and passionate about and caring about together was really important as a couple. Um, I think sometimes in ministry, you can be serving in so many different ways um, that your family is never serving together. And we really wanted to be able to have a ministry that we could work at together and serve side by side in. That's good, Rick. I'm going to, I'm going to pass it over to you to ask the next question. 
Yeah. Hey, Jeff and Pam, I just, first of all, thank you, Kenny, for again, hosting this. And I think this is going to be a huge blessing to our people as they get to know our elders and their wives more. Um, I, I know, uh, Jeff, typically you're, you're going up to DC every day when, when life was normal. And Pam, I know you're over the secondary school at Grace Preparatory in Stafford, but obviously with this core team, it's, it's shaking a lot of things up. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how your schedule has changed a little bit and how you're adjusting to the quarantine? I know your youngest, Katrina, may be at home right now. So what does that look like for you guys now? So I'll start. Um, I'll tell you the, the whole COVID-19 has really been difficult for schools. Um, and depending on where your students go to school, some uh, public schools have had a really hard time figuring out how to handle it. Private schools, homeschoolers probably had the least amount of adjustment because it wasn't too different than what they were already doing, which is yeah. a except, except the dad's um, home all the time now, so it's a little different for the girls. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So um, for me, um, it's been a lot of challenge just helping my teachers and families adjust to doing school remotely. Um, we were committed to finish the school year, but there were a lot of logistics that we had to figure out to make that happen. And so I'm still working from home pretty much full time. I teach three classes online and then have a lot of virtual meetings and do a lot of administrative stuff from home. So it's been a challenge. Um, I'm enjoying it. I've learned a lot of new technology that I never knew how to use before. So that's been, I guess, a good thing for me because I'm an old woman and, you know. You have to force me to learn these things. So that's been good. And I really am so thankful. I mean, my job is a job, but it's also a huge ministry. Um, I'm thankful to be able to speak biblical truth to my students and to my families. And so during this time of uncertainty, we have families that are really struggling. Some dads have lost jobs. And so I, I just count that as a privilege and a blessing to be able to hopefully encourage them and minister to them. And so that's been a lot of what I've been trying to focus on. We, we finished school May 8th, so that's not too far away. So that'll be nice. Um, Katrina is home finishing Liberty online and she's doing great. Um, but it was hard for her to leave without being able to say goodbye to her friends. That's mm. the truth for a lot of college kids. I especially feel badly for seniors, both high school and college seniors. This has been a hard thing for them. But she's doing well. Um, our oldest is in Lynchburg, still working full-time because she's first responder. So we would appreciate your prayers for her. She's doing great, but uh, she still goes to work each day. And then Jeff? And I'm still working every day as well. I mean, it's yeah, you mentioned going to and from D.C., um, you know, in the midst of this, it's very hard. You think of the families that are impacted and the economy that's impacted. There's a lot to, to really weigh out here. But one of the blessings has been traffic is lighter. So getting to and from D.C. has been quicker, um, which has enabled me to have a little more time at home than typical. So if I am working late or, or whatever, I get home faster. But we are adjusting. Uh, it's different. Uh, not having all the activities and things to do on the weekend and spending more time at home. Um, it's been it's been good from the standpoint of being able to focus on those things that are important. That's family, and that's been good. Jeff, I, I mentioned you know my my first small group leader, and as far as I could tell, as a I don't know, I was like twenty four, twenty five years old. You're a very spiritual, much spiritually mature man. It's not another joke about your age, but you're a very spiritually mature man. 
I, that's what's what I saw. Tell me about how you came to faith. Like at that point, I'm not sure how long you've been a Christian, uh, but you certainly discipled me, uh, involved me in my first accountability group. But tell us about your faith. Sure, and and I'll I'll say that I was um, raised in a in a home where both parents were were believers. Um, I'm very thankful for that, and uh, I really credit my mom and dad for um, having the right values and teaching me the right things and making sure that we were in church on Sundays. And back then you had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Uh, my dad was, and he's probably going to be listening to this at some point. So I'll give him a little tweak here. My dad's a military guy. And uh, he's, his thing was, if you're, if you're late or if you're not, if you're not early, you're late. Right. So many times, many times we'd get to church and uh, we'd be there before the doors were open and even before they unlocked them. <laughs> so we spent a lot of time in the parking lot growing up, uh, but I'm very grateful for their example. And, uh, you know, they're not, they're not perfect. I wasn't a perfect kid, but I'm very grateful. Yeah, you're right. I know. I know. It's hard to believe. Uh, but I'm very grateful for their example and, and teaching me and loving me. And, and I do remember, um, I don't remember the circumstances surrounding it, but I remember being about seven. And I remember kneeling down in, in the, the dining room and praying to accept Christ. Uh, when I was older, 14, uh, I had rededicated my life. And then later that, at that same year, I got, got baptized. Uh, but I grew up in a Christian home. The biggest influence, I think, for me growing up was a grandmother who, she didn't live too far away. Uh, about eight or 10 miles, but every time I went to her house, about once a week, once or two weeks, um, she had a new Bible verse that I had to learn. And so every time I showed up, it was a new verse that, that she said, okay, well, what was it? And so I had to remember it. And, you know, there, uh, it's great to have that memory of my grandma trying to pour into me the importance of, of studying and memorizing God's word. Um, so it was kind of a group effort. You're listening to On Mission, a Spotswood at Ladysmith podcast. More coming up in just a moment. This reminder, you can find us online at SpotswoodLS.org. That's SpotswoodLS.org. Now back to host Kenny Jones and his guests. Then I want to follow up with you to the question I asked Rick. Jeff, what was it that made you follow Rick on mission? You see what I did there? On mission to Ladysmith. <laughs> I did see that. This is called On Mission Podcast. That's very creative. Yeah. I thought about that on my run, and I really wanted to be smooth about it, but it just didn't work very well. <laughs> um, it seems like over the over our time of marriage that God has kind of um, provided change about every three to five years or so. Um, not because we're looking for it, not because we're we're bored, but at the same time, I think uh, it's it's our willingness and and trying to be available for new opportunities um so we were in a place where we were we were very comfortable we were very happy uh we were enjoying leading the group we had um on sunday mornings great group of people um loved it very happy there and uh, rick rick approached me about this opportunity and uh, it, it it was something i was very excited about love rick uh, was excited for him uh, and this opportunity, and it was something we really wanted to pray about. It was something we uh, were. It was certainly going to be different. It was going to be out of our comfort zone, 
we were going to be leaving, you know, the, the church and our class and, and starting completely new. Uh, so that was going to be different. And as we worked through that, uh, the exciting things, also the realities, uh, it was important for us to, uh, at the time, Kylie was already in college, but Katrina was with us. So we wanted to make sure we had input from, from both our girls on whether this was something that they were um, going to be excited about as well. So we took that time and, and just really prayed about it. And uh, Katrina had questions. Uh, Kylie was on board right away. She was like, this sounds great. Go for it. I'm all for it. Um, we were very much for it. And uh, Katrina, it was funny when we went to church and the, when they announced Rick was going to be the one uh, who was going to be stepping out and they brought Rick forward. We were actually sitting close to the front of church and Rick came up and then Drew introduced him. And then Katrina leaned over and she said, I'm all in. And that was the <laughs> coolest thing because it was like Katrina at that point, she was fully invested. And that was a great thing for us because it was a family decision. Um, and if we, they would have gone along with it if we felt had, you know, if we felt like we had to push, but they were very supportive, but it was something that, that was exciting for us, exciting for me. Um, I've, I've treasured Rick's friendship and getting to know him better since being a part of this, uh, seeing, you know, him lead us and, and, and do something that he's passionate about and, and growing this, this body and just learning new things. It's, it's all exciting. Uh, and it's been a great blessing. And I just really thank you, Rick, for your leadership. And it's been an awesome, it's been an awesome journey. And I have certainly have no regrets. It's been great. Throw back over to you, Rick. No, I'm super grateful for them because the reality is uh, the church is all about God and people. And you and Pam, Jeff are special people to Michelle and I and to, us personally, as well as our body, and you guys have been incredible servants, and we can't thank you enough for all the hard work and the blood, sweat, and tears, if you will, you've put into the life of the church, and uh, man, I'm so grateful you guys are with us. Very grateful. Thank you. Um, I want to follow up with another question. Uh, we heard a little bit about Jeff's testimony. Pam, I'd love for you to share with our people about how you came to faith in Christ. I have the blessing of growing up in a missionary home. My parents were missionaries in Hong Kong. I was actually born there. And so obviously I heard the gospel from the time I could talk and even before that. Mm. Um, my parents were church planners, so church planning's wow. very dear to my heart anyway. So my um, feeling when you asked Jeff and I to pray about coming to um, help plant a church in Lady Smith, that was very um, special to me already because of the ministry that I grew up watching and just seeing how God used my parents and other church planners to reach people with the gospel has always been very special to me. So um, I was actually saved very young. I was about five years old. We were actually in the States. My parents were in the States sharing about their ministry. My dad was actually gone speaking. And um, I remember asking my mom to um, pray with me. And so she reminded me of John 3.16, which is probably the Bible verse most kids learn first. And just the truths that I had heard all of my young life about um, my sin and the need of a savior and how Jesus was the sacrifice for me. And and that if I um, confessed that to him in prayer, that he would save me. So I did that at a very young age. I'm very thankful. 
I really uh, didn't struggle a whole lot with my salvation as I got into my teen years. I think a lot of that was because my parents were great mentors of my of me. Um, they discipled me a lot, my siblings as well. And so I think that really helped me. But I did rededicate my life as a teenager. Um, my dad actually baptized me when I was nine. Um, I remember that. So um, I'm just very thankful for the blessing of my parents, my family, um, seeing ministry close up. You know the blessings and the, tr- the struggles of yeah. that. And um, so God really used that in my life to, to grow me. Uh, my parents came back to the States when I was 12 because my dad entered a more administrative role. So um, we came back to the States when I was 12. So I went to middle school, high school, and college here in the States. Got it. But that's my salvation story. I'm very thankful to God for saving me. Uh, so and now probably... Go ahead, Rick. Oh, it's a beautiful story. This uh, Christian heritage, you know, that the the parents should be the main disciplers of their kids. And so... Uh, you're really blessed to have that. It's incredible. I am. And then, you know, probably the question that everybody has when they when they meet the two of you at church for the first time, they, they I know it's going through their head. Why Jeff? Like, what was it that drew you to Jeff? You've <laughs> heard him talk plenty uh, during this interview. So I'm going to give you the chance to tell the story of how y'all came to know each other, fall in love, get married all that stuff so they can finally answer that. And I've never heard this story. I don't know if uh, Rick's ever heard it. The first time I hear the love story and I might be, you know, I'm sure there was a good reason why you fell for uh, Jeff, but tell us about it. (laughs) (laughs) He's a good All right. Well, we have kind of an unusual story, so I'm going to give you the short version. Um, But so Jeff grew up in Pennsylvania And my parents also were living in Pennsylvania um, at that time. So they're about half an hour apart. And I actually was raising support to go to Hungary to be a a teacher, like a short-term teacher in Hungary for a couple years. And so I came to Jeff's church uh, to share about my ministry. And Jeff was way too shy to say anything to me. (laughs) I saw this lovely lady, but he couldn't bring himself to talk to me. Petrified. (laughs) (laughs) So we had a mutual friend in the church and she kept calling me. It was only like two weeks before I was leaving. And this lady kept calling me to ask me over to dinner, which was very sweet, but I had no time. And I kept saying, I really love you, but I have no time to come to your house for dinner. So finally she just said, I'm trying to set you up with this guy. And I said, I don't have time to be set up with a guy. I am leaving in like two <laughs> And so I just said to her, I said, you know what? If he wants to write me, fine, give him my address, thinking there's no way this guy's going to write me. And so I left, and I went to Hungary. <laughs> yes, she did. Uh, and so then about, I don't know, three weeks, four weeks after I've been in Hungary, I get a letter from this guy. Now, if would not have been any letters going on after that but he was it was a very nice letter really talking about um he was struggling at that time he was waiting to get the job that he has now and he was kind of struggling with what god wanted him to do and so the letter had nothing to do with me romantically it was more smoothie jeff well done (laughs) 
<laughs> At least smooth. that's what he said. Very smooth. Right. Asking me um, kind of questions about how I knew that God wanted me to go to Hungary. How had I kind of sensed that calling, that kind of thing. And she's very, she's very right about that because at that time, the church I was going to, every missionary that ever came to visit, I was cornering them in the parking lot by their car on their way out. I'm like, how do you know what God's will is? How do you know what you're supposed to do? How do I know I'm not supposed to go on the mission field? And I was really struggling. That's kind of what I was sharing a little bit earlier about my testimony is I was kind of floundering in frustration of not doing what I thought I should be doing, not in, in any type of a serious relationship trying to find my purpose and, and pathway in life. And in comes this beautiful knockout, <laughs> stands up there and gives this thing. And yeah, I'm petrified. I can't even talk to her. So I, I sent a, an awesome letter. You're absolutely right. It was a great letter. It was <laughs> written, typewritten on a Smith Corona so that it was legible. That is true. Letter. That was before we had laptops and all that stuff because, you know, we're old. Okay, so uh, I decided to wait a whole month before writing him back because I did not want him to think I was desperate or anything. Sweating. <laughs> so I finally wrote him back, and we just started writing. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of interesting because you can't really small talk in letters for a long time. So I tell people, it sounds weird to say you get to know someone by letter, but in some ways, if they're a good letter writer, which Jeff was, um, in some ways, you cut through a lot of the initial small talk and kind of, mm -hmm. you know, you have to write about something. And so we just started getting to know each other through letter. Jeff wrote like eight page long letters to me. I still have them all. It's very wow. Yes. So we wrote the whole school year. Uh, I came back to the States um, for the summer, and uh, I didn't know what Jeff was thinking totally, so I told him I would go back for another school year, because I just wasn't sure where this was all going. So uh, I came back to the States. Uh, we got engaged on our third date. Wow. Um, planned a whole wedding in a month. Wow. I went back to Hungary for our first semester, came back to the States two weeks before we got married, and we got married on December 28th. So how many days, I mean, I guess when you came home, till so you said your third date, and then how soon did you get married after the third date? So we got engaged on July 4th, and okay. we got married on Fireworks. December 28th. I thought mine and Lindsay's was the shortest story, but I think you guys have us beat. That's impressive. <laughs> mm, third date, yep. And uh, the day I proposed to her on July 4th, I asked her dad if I could meet him for breakfast at a local restaurant. And uh, the funny thing is, her dad had just gotten out of the hospital after having his gallbladder. Yeah, he says to this day, Jeff caught him in a weak moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. Well, that's the answer. That's when people say, why yeah. Jeff? Well, now we know. Now we know. Now we know, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the reality is I couldn't keep her away from me. She was just uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All I know is this from a guy who was confused and not sure exactly where God was leading. And when he came back, he must have had a come to Jesus moment, right? He got clarity really fast. You know what's very cool actually about that whole thing is um so I left and went to Hungary in about a month. 
a month after that, Jeff got the job he has now. Mm. He went to Fletzy. He moved to Virginia. We got more serious. It's, it's, it's a very cool story about how, and I've had a couple of these times in my life too, where God brings you to the place where you just have to surrender everything yeah. and say, you know what, God, this is what I don't know what, what you want me to do. I'm just giving it to you and you just work, work it out. And yeah. it was like when Jeff did that, everything fell into place. Not that that's how God always works, but it is yeah. neat when you surrender to yeah. see how God, God and I, you know, I love you guys, and I know Rick uh, could do the same. We don't get to see each other very often. And as I had mentioned with Rick and Michelle, it's nice because we, we, I think we really just, for the most part, uh, the few of us that, that do things uh, on the broadcast, we get to see Rick. But when we haven't been able to see the two of you other than in our, our church leadership meetings. And now the rest of our church body gets to hear your stories, gets to see your smiling faces, yeah. to hear you laugh again. And so that's exciting for us. And so I appreciate you guys taking the time out. Uh, to spend some time with us today. And Rick, thanks for uh, our first ever co-hosting together. Looking forward to doing it again in a couple days with Matt and Jess coming up on uh, Wednesday. So we'll probably, uh, this is probably going to actually be released on Tuesday evening of this week. And then Thursday, we're probably going to release the other one. As I mentioned, we're going to continue to work through and introduce you to our current elders. And then you'll meet some of our, our newer elders. We'd love to hear your feedback. If they are, my co-host is Pastor Rick. <laughs> there is some a question you want us to answer uh, at the top of the broadcast, then we are the podcast, I should say, then, then, then email me at connections at spotswoodls.org, or you can post in the comments on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of our social media, and, and give us some suggestions for questions you want me to ask Pastor Rick, or maybe Matt and Jess, or maybe just recommendations for future episodes of, of the On Mission podcast. But this is going to be uh, all the time we have tonight. We look forward to you joining us again in a couple days. Grace and peace. Love you guys. Have a good night. Good night.